Strip club you know, this week? I wasn't, you know, it wasn't my intent to do that, but it, uh, <laughs> it just kind of happened that way. So, you know, Great, we're, I'm down. we're getting in here to the month of February, right? Which is like the month of love and everything. Mm-hmm. So I have quite the story for that today. It does involve the strip club. So this is probably one of my most favorite stories that we're going to do today. Oh yeah, yeah. This is really. They, this is such a good story that they made a movie out of it. So really, yeah. Wow. So this is a story of four New York City strippers who stole over two hundred thousand in a four-month scheme, in which they drugged men and charged thousands of dollars on their credit cards at a New York City club. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean. I got to give it to them, you know. I do have some friends that are, they've been in the industry, the strip club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're some of my mm-hmm. most favorite people, mm-hmm. by the way, that I've ever met. But I have to say, these women, it's a pretty incredible scheme, I have to say. Like, I can't wait to, like, dive into this whole thing to discuss all of it. But yes, it's a tough industry out there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think you probably have to just constantly keep up with yourself all the time so i mean i don't know how much you actually earn and then you're dealing with yucky people that you have to touch and but power to them i mean it's not my jam i mean i don't have the body for that but you know also (laughs) like it's just you know all the makeup and the stilettos and all that i don't think i could do that you know like pole dancing it's hard i have never tried it but i remember as a kid like the pole on the playground yeah burn myself on that like it just wasn't a good scene (laughs) yeah like it just falling you know, just it just wasn't a great thing. So yeah, like yeah, anyone like that an exercise. Pole, man, I got mad respect for you because I can't do it. <laughs> I definitely would have been a stripper if I had the body. And I, I'm like, you know, that would be so much fun. Except for I, I just wouldn't want to do the lap dances. Like I yeah, can never. Yeah. Like I don't like smelly, yeah. sweaty people. But the dancing, yeah, super sure. fun. As long as I didn't right. have to take my right. underwear off, right. maybe just topless. So yeah. there's that. Anyway, back to our anyway. back, back to the story that was a fun little <laughs> just to give some background. So there was a couple women that are kind of like the main characters in this whole scheme and story. And just a couple women that became friends with each other stripping at this club that they frequented together i was still trying to figure out which one it was it was hard to find all the names to everything it looks like Hmm. it was uh larry flint's hustler club i don't know anything about strip we all know him clubs in new york so i have no idea if that's still there or what but i guess that was the club where these two met and this was prior to 2008 i want to say these women were actually close to our age starfish which is kind of interesting hmm. yeah it'd kind of be hard to be a stripper yeah I don't, I don't know. i don't think that really happens but i could be wrong maybe there is someone out there i mean j-lo was in that movie that they made it's called hustler so she looked pretty banging and <laughs> oh, I know she's way older okay. than me so yeah yeah, maybe yeah. there are True. some i would love True. to meet some 40 year old strippers so <laughs> yeah um yeah so the two main characters we're going to talk about today is rosalind keogh 
She was born in 1984 in Rockland County, New York. And she did an interview. This is kind of how the whole story came out. After all this, she did this interview in 2015 with a journalist, Jessica Pressler. So Rosie was then 31 in 2015. She claimed that her parents had left her and her brother with elderly grandparents and taken off to Atlantic City when she was young. Ooh, that's kind of rough. I mean, I've been to Atlantic City. Have you been to Atlantic City, Starfish? I have not. Yeah, it's kind of a weird... It's weird. I mean, I was only in like one or two casinos. Like, I was only there for like a day. But Hmm. it's Hmm. like... I don't know how to say this nicely, but it's kind of like... If, like, Gucci and Louis Vuitton threw up all over everything, that's kind of, like, the vibe I got. Huh. I don't know. Just a shady place. I, like, it's not like Vegas. Like, I've been to Vegas, too. And it's just complete. It's huh. totally different than Vegas. Totally different. I mean, yeah. I've seen, like, yeah, Jersey it's Shore. Of, it's that vibe. You know. you know, people with bad tans, okay. bad hair. You know, just <laughs> right. over, overdone stuff. I'm imagining <laughs> sneaky right Yeah, that's it. That's it. Atlantic City. Oh, one little quick little tidbit about Atlantic City that people might not know. It, the city is actually set up like a Monopoly board. And like all the streets are like the same streets in the Monopoly game. Just just so y'all know. Oh, that's so I fun. Know, so everyone now I want to go. Just should check it out at least once, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, so the, the, this poor lady, Rosalind... Her parents took off. Cambodian refugees, her parents were. They came here hoping for a better life, but of course things didn't work out as expected. I mean, it's hard to be an immigrant in the U.S. It really is. And so they got caught up with all the material stuff, nice cars, the nightlife, and just somewhere they went wrong is what Rosie said. So she dropped out of school in her teens, and at 17 she took a job at the New City Diner. It looks like an eatery in Nanut. Well, working there one night, a manager at a nearby Lacey, I guess a gentleman's club, gave her a $20 tip on a $20 check and suggested she come by if she was interested in making more money. So she went there the next day, lied about her age, hmm. and landed a job. She was making like anywhere from 500 to to 1000 a night, which is pretty decent. Day yeah. So, um... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the real money she knew was in Manhattan. So she started driving her used Honda to the city to flash dancers in Times Square and then that Larry Flint hustler club which is where she meets the next character in the story samantha fox so and actually that's her stripper name samantha fox so her real name is actually uh samantha barbish way better right stripper the fox Fox. yeah so (laughs) the fox she started dancing at 19 by the time rosie met her she was in her 30s so I guess hot 30-year-old strippers, that's good. At Hustler, the dancers worked in groups because the men tend to lose their grip on their wits and wallets around three or four female strippers, which I could believe. So according to Rosie's recollection, yeah. everyone wanted to work with Samantha because she had a lot of clients and she knew how to work the stage. So Samantha kind of took Rosie under her wing and introduced her to some of her regular customers, which were mostly Wall Street guys. Which Those are kind of like not mm. my favorite people. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So do we feel do we feel bad? You no, know, I'm gonna have to. Unfortunately, like you know, I always feel bad for people that get scammed. But this one is really hard for me to have any empathy. I have to admit, like this one's really hard for me yeah, because, yeah. and we're gonna get into this more later. Like in 2008, when the market crashed, it was kind of all their fault. Oh right. Yeah, they right, basically right. got away with like stealing from the Americans from all of us. And not having to go to jail or anything. So that's kind of shit. 
Super shady still right. rubs me wrong. Right. They were making more money than they have ever even knew what to do with anyway. So, just... and I super hate all of that. It's like super barf. And maybe we'll talk about that on another episode at some point. So anyway, yeah, I guess the business was pretty good before the crash in 2008 at the strip clubs, you know. They were popular mm-hmm. among many of the Wall Street men looking for a place to blow off steam after pushing around billions and millions all day long. That's like boo-hoo, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so strip strip clubs were one of the few places outside of Wall Street where large sums of money could be treated just as just like anything. Basically, they could do anything with their money. So Rosie recalled one hustler client who was working at uh, the Guggenheim Partners then, and he would blow like three hundred grand in one week at the strip club. Like <sighs> everyone made like ten thousand dollars every time <sighs> he came in. She said in the interview. I mean, can you imagine that? Wow. Like, you're just like, yeah, I'm so awesome. Here's $300,000. It means nothing to me. I can't imagine not being a stripper if I was making oh, yeah. that much money. Like $10,000? You know, like, all you want from me is to dance and take my clothes off right? and pay me ten grand. Okay. Shoot. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these girls in the strip clubs claim to be students, but Rosie really was taking classes at the Berkeley College in New Jersey at that point. So she was actually taking introduction to psychology to help her understand the dynamics of the club. So she was actually studying these men, you know, to, to be a better stripper, I guess. Like, that's kind of impressive, right? And like trying to understand herself. Right. And yeah. Why something. She was there. Yeah. Yeah. So she figured out that the reason why Wall Street guys partied so hard is was because they were not happy with their jobs. Yeah. I guess that's how they deal with their unhappiness and their work. I do it other ways, but not like that. So. Right. Like you make so much money and then you just go blow it at the yeah, strip kinda. club like that. I mean. Right. What are you doing? You know, it's like silly. Yeah. So it's like they made money, but they weren't happy. And so they went out and splurged on strip clubs, drinking and drugs. And so then when they depleted Mm. most of their money, they had to go make it again, which they knew how to manipulate the market. I'm going to say that Mm -hmm. because, you know, I hate them. (laughs) So Rosie viewed the dancers almost the same way. She makes money, but then she's depressed. So she ends up shopping or going on vacation. The money depletes. So she keeps going back. So even for the strippers, it's the same. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, psychology behind it. Right. I guess Rosie then left the stripper job for a little while because she had her first baby. By the time she returned to the scene, that was when the market collapsed in 2008 and it left half of Wall Street unemployed. So, you know, I remember that. Like, it was just a really tough job market. It was hard to find jobs anywhere. It was just rough for everybody, really. You know, a lot of people lost their homes. Yeah. All sorts of stuff was going on. So new dancers were on the floor. Most of them were Russian girls and Colombian girls because they were cheap and they were good looking. And Rosie couldn't compete with that. So then she ran into Samantha Fox again, but she wasn't dancing anymore. She was now running with a crew of girls who would pick up men and bring them into the clubs or she called it marketing Properly known as fishing, <laughs> this practice wasn't something the industry considered to be very reliable, though. So Samantha seemed to be doing pretty well. According to Rosie's observation, it didn't take Rosie long to figure out what was going on with her. So she's like, what is all this, right? Like, so she starts talking to Samantha. It's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're pulling all mm-hmm. these men and money right now, and no one else is making hardly any money. Yeah, so yeah. that's when this hustler scam kind of took off. So the clubs were desperately in need of customers, and Samantha knew she could bring them in. So at night, she would go down the list of client phone numbers she'd accrued over the years, like a telemarketer does. And maybe that's why she called it marketing. 
She'd send them a sexy text with an accompanying captivating photograph, I'm sure, and waited to see if they were up for a night out. Yeah, okay, so she so was kind of sexting pictures. And she, Samantha admitted she didn't always send her own pictures, so she was probably just sending randos. Um, she sometimes sent hmm. a picture of one of the girls and her crew. And it looks like these other women she would take pictures of were pretty as well you know there were just other strippers or friends of theirs that they that would just bait men into the throw out your wits and wine and dine with strippers club type stuff so Hmm. um so then if the client got interested samantha would send these other two women marcy or uh, karina to meet with the man and so they would wine and dine him then the other girls would show up hang around and make sure he was helplessly drunk on alcohol and feminine attention. And so in that state, the victim would be ready for shipping to a credit card milking station, a club. Yeah. So that's kind of how they got. I don't get it. Like, what do you. So they would just like rough go through his things. And no, they steal would. His um, stuff or? They would take his credit card and bring it up like they would charge a bunch of stuff on their credit card at the club so like they would make him buy like tons of drinks and like extra quote-unquote services you know because like i mean i i honestly i'm not like up to par on like what how people do stuff at the strip club or like what they pay for lap dances i don't i don't know i think they just took the credit card and would say oh yeah he's getting a 300 lap dance and like buying you know, $2,000 worth of alcohol. Oh, yeah. They, they probably didn't, didn't even notice. I don't think they cared because they were, like, out of it. So. Yeah. Right. And they were probably like, I, yeah. I probably did do that. And so it looks <laughs> like Samantha negotiated with several <clears throat> cl- um, clubs lucrative commissions on client spending. So the fishing girls would bring the poor fellow to a selected club and they would proceed to run up his credit card as far as they could push it. And so their, their efforts paid off a lot of times. So sometimes... The whole performance would fail to get them manned to the club. He'd be too tired to go out or something, so they'd even try to offer him drugs for extra energy, and the plan would still not work. So Samantha knew she had to come up with another plan, basically. So her her next plan was she created this other fishing tool, a special drink that was spiked with MDMA and ketamine, which are... Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) ecstasy and uh, ketamine which is a they use that a lot to sedate people in a healthcare Uh, setting it's used a lot you know at the vet and places like that to subdue animals and people basically it would just make them super sleepy and happy yeah they would just sprinkle some of it into a client's drink and he'd be out so rosie knew she wanted in after she observed this happening in the champagne room a lot of times. So she she knew they were crossing a lot of lines, but yeah, it, it really kind of is. Um, having worked at strip clubs, drugging people was normal, she said, which I think is crazy. Really? I mean, I've heard of women getting drugged, which is like totally gross and horrible. But this is the first scheme I've seen where like they're specifically targeting men. And I mean, I guess I could understand like, so they're not so handsy, maybe. So they're not yeah. so grabby, grabby. But I just thought they were like swiping their wallets no, oh, or no. something. They just you know? uh, they just grab their credit cards and they just max them out for the night, and that's all they were, huh. that's all they were doing. I mean, that's still like totally wrong. So they were getting paid directly then. The, the strip club isn't what's making money, or do they distribute the money th- at the I end of the night that's or something? What was going on there? Like I I think she had made okay. she negotiated with some of the clubs, Samantha. So she would bring in the business. Mm-hmm. And then hmm. they would give them the cut at the end of the night 
for whatever they ring up on mm. these poor guys' credit cards. Oh, because she brought him in. Yeah. So she got a little bit of a, I got it. Okay. Yeah, like, like that. Like a finder's yeah. fee, sort of. So they had some justifications. Okay. Okay. So they, they <laughs> targeted wealthy people. So they would look for men that, they'd look at the shoes they were wearing, the watch, the wedding ring. Are these super wealthy Ugh. Wall Street sharks? You know, a lot of them were probably that, which are like the worst kind of people ever. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad they advertise right? themselves. <laughs> like the one time it actually failed yeah, them. Yeah, you're like, oh. Okay. You know. Yeah, he's wearing this. Suckers. So he must, yeah. So yeah. anyway, so she, she had like a whole list of these guys that she would call up. Then the MDMA, it lifted the guy's moods, right? Because it made him happy. But then the ketamine screwed their memory. So they, they often, that's what it does too. It'll, oh. it'll erase your memory. Like you won't remember. And mm-hmm. so they ended up blacking yeah. out. And so we, days or weeks later, some guy would call to complain about his inflated bill. And so Samantha would be ready to respond to them, just reminding him of what a good time he had. You know, because men, like they don't want to admit that they've been scammed by a woman, right? They're not, like, <laughs> could you imagine that phone call? Right. Hey, I um, I got drugged at a strip club last night and now I have this $20,000 bill on my credit <laughs> card. Like, I, if I was a police, I would hang up. I'd be like, what a douchebag, like. You know, right? Your wife yelling at you right now. Dollar strip club bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Is she standing right there? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm looking oh, yeah. into so it. So they, but... <laughs> you know, so that basically Samantha would just lie to them, and yeah, but you had a great time, right? Huh. And and you know, she'd lie upon weighing the cost of filing a formal complaint, telling their families what actually happened. So they would just let it go. So she was kind of blackmailing him a little bit, too. Yeah. And so then Samantha just kept making money. So then on her part, Rosie was also a great business manager. So she had exceptional organizational skills, and she helped streamline the operation. So she drew up a schedule. She kept notes on each client with their personal details and how much had been charged to each of their cards, which is crazy. She also contributed <laughs> thoughtful ideas to the illegal enterprise. For example, Rosie disclosed that she urged the girls that she brought in to target upscale places that rich guys with everything to lose frequented. So this was actually in contrast to Samantha's initial plan of fishing men at bars like TGI Fridays in the financial district. So it sounds like Rosie had a better idea. Yeah. What rich guys You're are going right? to Fridays? Yeah, like, they're going to you know, go to... Like... <laughs> right? Like, I love like, that go flair. to the fancy restaurants. You know, that's where you're going find to find them. Right? It's crazy. So... Yeah, really. Then Rosie's plan was to hang around the higher end joints. Like, any girl who could be getting off work, relaxing after a long day, having a glass of wine. So that was kind of her Rosie's plan. Like, look like she had a long day at the office in her sexy attire. Sexy business attire. Hmm. Yep. And like I said, so they'd check out the shoes, the wedding ring, all that. And like they would send a group of guys shots from across the room to see which one would come to them. And then they would tell them that they worked at a reputable organization like Guggenheim Partners. And so then a few drinks in, you make a proposition. Let's go to a strip club. Yeah. And then the credit card draining play would be on after that. So they would put them in their car and like drive them over to the strip club. And then that's that. So. Wow. Wow. So you think you're like on a date with some chick who just got off work, but really you're actually hanging out with a stripper who's running up your credit card. Oh, 100%. So at some point, some of these guys, of course, would want sex. So Samantha Uh and Rosie, I guess they have their limitations too. They weren't in, in it for prostitution, thank God. 
So to ensure mm-hmm. that their clientele didn't go and to keep the operation going, Samantha and Rosie resolved outsource the prostitution services to prostitutes they found from Backpage and Craigslist. So if the <laughs> girls they found there were a little scruffy, then they would buy them new clothes and makeup to make them look good. You know, we we talk a lot on this podcast about why don't people just use these skills oh, for like totally. real jobs. I know. You know. Obviously, you've learned some project management and some marketing skills and some optimization logistics skills. You know, they sound like smart right. people. Right. That could be very successful and it's not illegal and you're right. not putting yourself right. at risk. I know. It's just like crazy know. to me too, like how organized some of these people are. It's like, man, if you just have it <laughs> legit business. Yeah. I mean, if you know how to use a spreadsheet. Right. Like, Honestly, it's like, why could didn't you do something else with it and be, well maybe this is the next millionaire idea here maybe someone that listens to this stuff will steal my idea but like with this it's like why don't why don't you just like come up with a plan where it's like you have these packages that you put together for men that want to go have a good time and be like for this package is this much and you you know like you could make it a lot more legit yeah doing that instead of just like maxing out someone's credit card what makes right. you think that eventually right. you're not going to get stopped for that yeah just the fear of like knowing that they know and uh, i don't know that that the risk part is always the part that i just i would not want to i mean you can definitely make more money being a stripper than you can be some like office assistant or project manager but still it's just always like the risk is where i don't yeah i yeah, wouldn't want to take it and now you know. they're involving all these other people these real prostitutes here they right. taught them etiquette they had like a no drugs no drinking rule like they showed them how to fake drink and fake taking coke or whatever so yeah like the so regulators like, well if you want a prostitute for us um these are the rules yeah like they have legal prostitution in vegas and they have rules right. for it they have laws you have to like keep yourself clean and yeah be tested regularly so i'm sure you know maybe they were doing that too which is i guess good i guess i don't i don't know that's just crazy well you don't want to be the the client right. that gave yeah. you syphilis you know so <laughs> if you want any return yep. customers so oh yeah so wow and, this I mean, is a crazy story like it's just like they they just keep getting they stole these men's like personal information to get more money from them getting this kind of information from a guy off high off his face you know if you think about it with a prostitute draped over his legs it probably wasn't too difficult hey what's your social you know yeah right what's your what's your bank card number <laughs> you know yeah that's literally exactly what yeah. i thought was happening was you know you can get them yeah. pretty oiled up and then you just yeah. rifle through yeah. their crap so so at the end of the night rosie calculated the breakdown and she and samantha got the largest cut of course because they're the two masterminds and then the minor players got increasingly minor sums so it's unclear how much the clubs profited but according to rosie the operation earned the clubs a lot of money and i'm sure that it did she recalls that there were some nights when she brought the club a hundred thousand dollars of business yeah wow one yeah. night that's crazy i know it's more than so the host and of course the managers were appreciative of her work you know they i'm sure they didn't care what or how she did it so business was booming for them and so mm-hmm. that first christmas that after the scheme started rosie and samantha bought their favorite prostitute her first pair of louis batons <laughs> and uh right oh oh nice <laughs> <laughs> So they rotated luxury vehicles. They were basically untouchable at this point, you know. They were just, like, rolling in the dough, like, huh. this whole new business plan. So then they decided for a new innovation, and I think this is kind of where they got in trouble. So they, 
I guess like their innovation hadn't gone unnoticed. So there was a lot of copycats that flooded the market. Because it's like anything, when you have a, a new unique product in, in a marketplace, everyone's like, oh, wow, look at that. And you're making a ton of money. And then all of a sudden you, you get all these people that copy what you're doing. And then it's like not as profitable, right? So there was a trend that Rosie observed with this. So guys wanted to be around strippers, but they didn't always want to go to the clubs. So so they decided to take strippers to the guys instead. Yeah, oh, so they enjoyed like, like the res- resultant monopoly for a little while. So going to the men's houses. So that's when huh. things began to get out of control. Like a lot of incidents happened because of the complicated logistics of running a gang of hookers, strippers, and thieves, basically. Because it's like, I'm sure it's hard to find, like, real honest people to do that kind of work, right? So... Sure. Or, like, even just putting them at risk by having them be at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Alone. Yep. So, intoxication, violence, and basically all manner of distasteful things in that sort of the world were frequent. Like, tensions between Samantha and Rosie started to flare just because of all the things that were going on. They burned up their base of regular clients and were now dealing with strangers whose behaviors were pretty unpredictable. So that's got to be hard when it's someone you're not Mm. familiar with, you know? Right. So there was one account of a hedge fund manager who had gotten so wasted that he bumped his head in his pool and suffered a concussion. You know, because, I mean, they're over there (sighs) giving these guys drugs and alcohol. Right. And so stress levels among the gang members... Um, skyrocketed they all had to endure like a lot and i'm sure it was exhausting so the girls were maxing out their clients credit cards at the slightest opportunity but then the money was just never enough right because it's like we're you know we're we're now getting to the point where it's like we need more and more right because that's how people are yeah i mean you have overhead costs oh yeah 100 so so over the years the new york city police department I guess, received countless phone calls from men complaining about credit card theft and being drugged at New York City strip clubs. So at first, their unofficial position was that the callers were full of shit, because I can imagine that, you know, like you got this guy calling, oh, I spent 20,000 last night at a strip bar and I got drugged, you know, like they would probably get laughed off the phone. But then a particular caller said he had evidence and they were skeptical so agents from the dea went to the victim's house where he played a recorded conversation between himself and one of the ladies and in the recording the guy was begging to know what happened to him and the woman on the other end of the line gave in and told him he'd been fleeced by a gang of ex-strippers who had spiked his drinks with narcotics so right it's like like they want to get caught kind of dumb you know so um the agents then picked up the perpetrator who reporters believe was one of the Samantha's girls. She had drugged the victim during an operation in the Gavin's Vort hotel. So, you know, when you're working with multiple Mm. people doing an illegal scheme like this, you know, it's going to go bad probably like eventually, yeah, you know, it's going to go wrong. It's like, I, they should have just like kept it to themselves really, you know, and just figured out a way to, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy to me. Like we were saying, so yeah, initially yeah. the DEA did not succeed in cracking down on Samantha's game because the victims were so reluctant to press charges because men don't want to admit to being victimized by women. So then, right. um, I know it's just, this is such <laughs> a weird story. So then, um, then reports of men claiming to have been drugged and swindled by strippers increasingly flooded the New York city tabloids. So like people were starting to write in and be like, this really huh. happened to me. Um, this, uh, 43-year-old New Jersey cardiologist, Zayed um, Kavarkis Yonan, 
His complaint was that the Scores Strip Club had alleged that he failed to clear a $135,000 bill incurred after four visits to the club. Like, unbelievable. So four times he went. So according... Huh. Yeah. $130,000. According to Union's wow. testimony to the cops, he'd met Karina Pascucci at a restaurant. So she's one of, like, the four, like, main characters on Park Avenue. So Karina had told him that she was a nursing student. She introduced Samantha and Marcia's to him as her relatives and Yunnan dated Karina for a while, but then their date dates ended fuzzily. He knew something had gone wrong after the American express called alerted him of about a $135,000 bill he made at the scores strip club. So, huh. <laughs> I mean, so he's one of them that I guess decided <laughs> to come forward with that, which again, you know, we saw this with like the psychic fraud, same type of thing where the victims are like, right. I don't want my name out there. I don't want, I'm embarrassed. I don't want anybody to know that I did this. And it's the same thing for like right. all these men. Right. I'm sure it was like countless men, like some of them probably five to $20,000 was burned up on their credit cards, you know, any, in one night, I'm sure some of them could afford it. You know, some of these wall street men probably just didn't care. They're like, well, whatever. And just moved on. But it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So during the investigations, police reached out to other victims. Um, so many, many of them had suffered dire consequences in silence. So this guy named Fred was one of them. His story is kind of sad. I do, I do feel bad for Fred. I don't think he was like a Wall Street guy. So he had an autistic son, and the strippers had maxed out his corporate credit card. And so consequently, Ooh, yeah, his company had bad. started an internal investigation, which saw him fired yeah you get fired if you use your corporate credit card on accident on something oh, yeah. that's for you oh yeah much it's less like, than it's a strip club a big deal. yeah so <laughs> oh my god then he was lucky to land yeah. another job but was soon fired when they found out what he what happened so his name was enlisted with an agency that tracks down white collar crime so by the end time of the investigation fred had found another job but he lived in constant fear that his employer would find out and probably fire him which is crazy. Huh. Yeah. 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 So. Right. Because that kind of fraud, I mean, it's hard to get hired right. again. Right. So. Like, that's what a lot of employers are looking for is either that kind of fraud right. or like violence, yep. you know? Yeah. So then it was on June 9th of 2014 when the police finally arrested Samantha at an ATM in her neighborhood. They did. Oh, wow. And I mean, if you guys <laughs> go out and see that it's called The Hustlers, it's, it has J-Lo in it. There's a lot of like crazy actors and actresses in this movie and hmm. it's on hulu it's it's actually very interesting i i don't know that everything in the movie happened like the story because you know how hollywood has to embellish a lot of things to make it interesting but yeah some of this <laughs> right. is in that so then they picked up karina and then marcy and rosie was last afterward they were trucked out to rikers where they were reunited in a cell the following day so they're all in the cell together and so ah. Oh, yeah. So it, it looks like this cardiologist is the one who refused to pay the $135,000 bill charged on his credit card. He said he couldn't possibly have rung up that high of a bill without having been drugged. You know, I could see that. It looks like after this posted, the scores had sued the doctor to recoup the funds. Yeah. The strip club sued him? Yeah. To pay it? Wow. I know. The, the balls. I mean, right. I guess they didn't know. Yeah, the, I know. don't know. But literally, what on earth at a strip club costs that much? Like, right, like piles of champagne or something? Like, do they sell jewelry there? Like, I don't know. Like, 
I'm not sure what all they're buying there. It's like, are you buying a? Yeah, are you Here's buying a, a car? car. Are you a stripper pole? Like, what are you? What are you? I know, like lap dances don't go for you know. I, I thought they were like yeah, a couple like hundred it, bucks. It's you know, total so crazy. So it's then, crazy. Um, so eight months later, then the DEA and the Special Narcotics Prosecutor's Office led the indictment of the Hustler scam woman. So all four of them, or I guess, mm. it looks like there was five: Barbish, Keo, Rosen, Pascucci, and Carmine, um, a manager at the Roadhouse. The scheme involved not only the theft of two hundred thousand dollars but compromise the health safety and security victims by basically giving them harmful substances because you know that's the other thing too you know they're lucky they didn't kill anybody they're really lucky because right if you overdose somebody on something like that you can kill them like you can cause cardiac arrest oh yeah there's just so many risk factors involved you don't know if they have other drugs in their system that could interact with one of these drugs or if they're on some sort of medication like it's like super risky crap that these women were doing to these people right and like you said they made four hundred thousand dollars off all of this i mean it just doesn't seem i mean maybe that's all they could like sure prove that they got oh, yeah. i bet they actually got millions because that's not even worth it that's like a hundred thousand right, yeah. dollars for each yeah. one of them you definitely could have okay. made that being a project manager over <laughs> over a number of years right know. and so so all the crimes actually took place between september 3rd of 2013 and december 19th of 2013 so it was a very short quarter of a year basically yeah that they did all this yeah oh four months okay yeah that's quite a bit yeah. of money for four months but so still. that's how long like short of time it took because they were so careless with it when they started bringing right. in all these other people <laughs> like it just made it worse so then Barbash and Keel were charged with two counts of, of conspiracy, four counts of grand larceny, two counts of assault, and three counts of forgery. Yeah, Pasushi was charged <sighs> with two counts of conspiracy, four counts of grand larceny, and one count of forgery. Well, Rosen was charged with two counts of conspiracy, three counts of grand larceny, one count of assault, and two of forgery. So, all four women, actually, and Vitolo, pled guilty to their crimes. Keo took a plea deal that kept her out of jail entirely. She pleaded guilty to a grand larceny and attempted assault in March of 2016 when she was 33. In exchange, she was given a five-year probation. Barbish was also sentenced to five years probation. Rosen and Pasushi were sentenced to four months of weekends in jail and five-year probation. So, like, none of them actually really served any time, as far as I can tell, really. I mean, the weekend jail, I guess. And then as of September 12, 2019, Keo was writing a book, and she told New York Magazine the book would be called The Sophisticated Hustler, when the alpha female takes on Wall Street paper pack, or paperback. Oh, I'm sure oh, she's yeah, making money yeah. off so, that. And then Mars, Marcy Rosen had been living a private life out of the public eye since she was released from weekend's jail stints, according to Oprah Magazine. So, so overall right. worth it. Because they didn't yeah. even hardly go to jail. They went to like weekend yeah, jail. Weekend jail, and then I also I read to to somewhere jail, too, though. like they actually got to keep the money too. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, because so... the men are stupid. Shouldn't have gone. <laughs> well, and it's just like you think shouldn't about have gone it on too, a date. You're getting approached while you're at a bar with some of your friends, right? You're getting approached by these beautiful women that you don't even know who they are. They're strangers, and you're just. Hanging Stupid. out, drinking with them. It's like, what do you think in there? They're only thinking, I'm rich. That's probably what they think. Right. Oh, women like rich men. So that's probably had to be the only right. logic right. in their heads. I bet. 
because why else on earth would they be interested right. in you? Yeah. For no reason, you know. So that's... Oh, boy. Well, in that way, men, you're idiots. Right, well... But, oh, yeah. You know, like, who do you feel I know, bad it's for? It's kind of hard <sighs> to feel bad. I mean, I feel bad for that one guy, like the guy with, uh, with the corporate credit card, because he's obviously not like, like a Wall Street guy so much, and it right. just kind of really screwed right. his whole life up. But like some of these other men that were quote-unquote victims of this, it's like... Do you really feel that bad for them? I mean, they kind of steal from all of us, like, on a daily basis, basically. Yeah, legal, legal, stealing, legal stealing in Wall right. Street, basically. I think we're across the line from yeah. you is with the drugs. Because you're right. That could have killed right. them. Right, yeah. And that's so not then it's cool. Like, you know, I mean, is that, that, is that where I the think assault so. charges came in, I mean, in, you I really could have. And they're very damn yeah. lucky because they... You know, because they could all be facing murder charges. And I don't oh, yeah. know what they would have totally. done if they would have actually killed one of them. So... Right. Which is crazy. So I, it's just like super crazy story, you know? And yeah, again, it's this story. thing where it's like, if they wow. could have just legitimately put this stuff together in a legal way without using drugs, they probably could have had like something. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like that. They kind of then yeah, blackmail like, them oh, too. You know, eh, yeah. I'm not digging kinda, that. Kind of crappy. Uh, crappy right. Do. Right. To someone. I mean, if they had been just skimming off of these people, you know, like charging an extra a few hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars, 10,000 even, you know, here and there, just I doubt the men would Probably have even not, noticed half like the time, you know. Oh, yeah. But they got a little uh, greedy fast. Out their cards. Like, so. You know, they're charging $50,000, you know, at a time on a card. You know, it's like, <laughs> insane to me. Yeah, that had to be their undoing because... Again, what the hell is at a strip club <laughs> that is worth that much? I mean, well, you're I hot, think though, J-Lo, the cardiologist, he went back four times, <laughs> though. Yeah, but still $130,000 divided by four. You know, it's still like, wow, what in the hell? I mean, I'm thinking of the fanciest restaurant I can think of, and it's still no more than a $10,000 bill, right, yeah. you know, for dinner. That's the fanciest restaurant I know of, though. I'm poor. Right. But <laughs> I just can't imagine ever spending thirty grand at right. Anywhere, but then again, I've never, you know, I've never know. Well, seen that is, kind of money. You know, this so. is da- this is New York City. <coughs> this is downtown New mm-hmm, York mm-hmm. strip clubs. I'm sure. I don't know. It's just totally crazy to me. Yeah, crazy. I, I honestly like. There's a small part of me that feels bad for some of them, but I, it's it's just so hard for me to feel bad for Wall Street men. So so hard for me to feel empathy. Yeah, for that. yeah. When you see the things yeah. that they did to america yeah. it's kind of hard and right. not go to jail for it right you know they're still out there doing it yeah boo. down with wall street boo on that so <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh good one so good your, one there's your february story one of them mm. oh yeah beware of strippers men beware of strippers you may be lonely that's right <laughs> don't do it especially not if she looks like j-lo right. she's hitting on you because she's probably a stripper or a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening to Real Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We look forward to having you on our next one.